This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Yeah, we just thank you, Jesus, that we finally found where we belong, which is in you and you and us, that we are home and that we are wrapped in your presence every second of every day that we finally found where we belong and we're forever one with you, Father. So we're here not to listen to a message, but to be fathered by love himself. That's why we came tonight, Dad, to be fathered by you. So if everyone can just put their hands on your heart and just acknowledge (laughs) that you're accepted, that he's home, which makes you home. Just begin to acknowledge his love. If you don't feel it, you can acknowledge it. Father, we thank you for this sweet moment that right now is a sweet moment. And that every moment is sweet with you and you've invited us to be sons and daughters. So that's how we listen tonight. So everyone just say, Father, Father me. I give you permission. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. Oh, you guys already are. Um, if you guys can't come, come a little closer. If you guys can't, just come a little closer. Just come a little closer. It's, t- it's a tight group. It's good. It's good. It's good. Intimate group. I like intimate groups. I love it. I love it. Just make sure you can see a screen though. I'm going to show you. Um, so where'd I put my Bible? Where's my swords? Yeah. Oh, thanks, PK. PK, you always look so good, man. Gosh, I got to up my game. Awesome. Are you guys excited to be fathered? God, he loves us. I, I just, I, I was telling Matt, he started strumming those, those chords for them from that last song while we were preparing. I'm like, are you doing that tonight? And he's like, why? I'm like, God has had me that. I've been listening to that song on repeat for the past, I don't know, like three days. Just, I don't know about you, but when I met God, I, 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 I didn't belong. I tried to belong to my girlfriend. She broke up with me. I tried to belong in school and I couldn't go to college to the point where, you know, I almost took my life. But when I met him, it, I finally found where I belong. I've always loved that. So I want to share an image. If you could show, put the first image up. Um, I just want to uh, just show this. It's right. Don't, don't go. Ah, it's good. It's all good. Um, so when I was at, at Nova going to community college, um, I had to do a, um, a presentation. And, uh, and I, we had to do this presentation where everyone had to pick one topic and try to persuade someone. And everyone did, why do karate? Why should I become a vegan? And I asked my professor, can I do why Jesus? And he went, this is Nova. We have Muslims, we have atheists, we have Sikhs, we have different. I just said, no, no, no. I said, trust me. And he got to know me. And I said, just, just let me do why Jesus. And he said, okay, 
So I'm in this classroom with Muslims and just all these people. And I began to explain the love of God. And I said, we all know this picture. And I showed this picture. And um, everyone kind of like gasped. And, um, and I said, this is what Jesus did. And I, and I shared the verse we all know, for God so loved the world he gave. And I said, you know, I once was lost. I did all this. And I, and I showed this picture. And then I said, this is why Jesus died. And it was, it was, it was, everyone was just kind of quiet looking at this. And then I, I hit the next, hit the next one. And then I showed this and this was in this, it was in a, um, a classroom. And this, that picture took up the whole screen. And I said, that's why Jesus died. And they all went. I said, that's why he died. I said, that's God to the left. And that's me. I said, I met my dad. He accepted me. That's why I got born again. I just wanted to start before I preach tonight just to lay the foundation of why you said yes to God. To be fathered. That's it. That's the biggest thing the enemy wants to take from you. Get you so distracted, you forget to be that kid. You were here to be that. And so I've had this picture for over 15 years and I use it to minister to atheists and even born again believers because after I preached this in this classroom, I had Christians come up to me at the end of my class go, and they're pulling me, they're going, I've never heard that. I've been a believer for 10 years, I've never heard that. And I'm just like, but you know now, you know now, isn't that amazing? So I want you, as I, as I, as I, as we go through the word, it's to experience that. It's to experience that. And that's what I want to teach on how. Because a lot of us, I'm going to say every single one of us, none of us had a perfect father. So when we got born again, we got introduced to the perfect father, right? Into the perfect father. And so the first scripture I want to go to today is Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to verse 14 through 21. I'm going to read it in the Passion, but you can read it in anything. Amplified, I mean, it's, it's beautiful in anything. Do you, do you have the Amplified? Yeah, you put up the Amplified. Let's do that one. That's glory. So in Ephesians 2, if you don't know, Paul tells us what Jesus did. And a lot of us, it's a very familiar passage. We've all heard, we've been saved by grace. And to me, I call it the heat chapter. Because for me, it says... I once who was far off, he brought me near. That that father and son, he did that. He did all this. And in chapter three, he goes on to explain why. And I want to read this to you. This is why he's grace. This is why he made you one with him. This is why we are one with God. He gave us the Holy Spirit. This is why. Are we ready? All right. So I knew, I'm going to read in the, uh, no, it's not working. All right. There we go. I love it. Go team. I'm having fun with you. I'm, I'm, I love this. <laughs> you ready? For this reason, gasping greatness of his plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God, the first and ultimate Father. Isn't that beautiful? And here's his prayer. Ready? 
because this is what Paul got to experience, is now he's praying for you. May he grant you out of the riches of his grace to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, say me, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. Keep going. Be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. Everyone say, I want that. Right? How many of you are like, my gosh, Paul, <laughs> me too, right? I've always read that. I go, me too. Easy, right? Me too. I'm going to teach you tonight. I'm going to teach. I'm going to say this word, teach, because this is something I've had to learn. Because all of us didn't grow up with a perfect father, how he teaches us is through this one word, and he loves it. And Paul got it, and James got it. He fathered us through this thing called, everyone say, trials. And all the trial is, it's your everyday life. It's everything you go through. When you start your car and you get onto 66 and you see it's backed up and anxiety, anxiety my, and all these things come, you're in a trial. You're in a trial. And, and we all know James 1, it says what? Consider it joy when you fall into various trials, temptations, life's things, when things are in you. He says, consider it joy. You want to know why? You want to know what, what it says? I love what it says. Um, Kevin, you're going to like this because when I looked it up, consider when you fall into trials. You know what trials means? It means a proving ground for your integrity. Isn't that crazy? I looked it up. I was like, Kevin's going to love this. But it's a proving ground. Here's the problem, though. Here's what we do. We think, I have to prove something. Who's your daddy? Who's your father? No, I'm serious. Because we're being fathered different, right? My old father was... Go perform. My new father is, you can't do anything without me. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? You can't do anything without me. So when I read that verse by Paul, I was like, how are, here's the, the first thing I need you to write down is this. Our God is about expansion. There are realms, lengths, widths. Um, in the Passion Translation there, I want to read it to you real quick. This is in the same verse. I just want to read it. This is in the Passion. Ready? How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And verse 20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt. So if you think about that picture, that father and the son, my journey through my trials is this. Can you put up that picture one more time? I'm, I'm going to make you work tonight, girl. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. Oh, come on, clap it up. Yeah. So here's my trial. Here's your trial. That, oh, we lost it. There's my trial. <laughs> so here, here's what it is. You know what the trial is? Everyone look at this real quick. You see how he looks at that? How he looks at the son? This is the trial. Do you trust that that never changes? 
that his love for you does not change? Can you trust his unchanging nature and everything you go through? Because even Jesus said, you're going to fall into the, right? He promised us, we're going to have to walk this out, these trials. There's going to be offenses coming. They're going to come. And the thing we're trusting is, can you trust his unchanging nature towards you? And you'll never know until you go through a trial. It's easy to be fathered by God when you're doing really good. But here's why he loves trials. I'm gonna, I want to go to uh, James 1 because I want to finish that verse real quick. And then tonight our, our main study is going to be in Isaiah 54 because you need to hear the father for himself. But we'll go to James 1. You can do New King James. I like New King James. I got my New King James here today. James, a bond servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Here we go. My brethren, say that's me. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, right? Knowing what? That the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience, here we go, listen to this, have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Uh, We were praying earlier and people, we were praying like, I want more, I want more. It's like, I want to where I can't describe it. Everyone look at me. It happens in the trial. And here's why. Here's, Here's what I love about trials. What trials do is they put pressure in an area to your, to an area to your life where, just listen to me, because you're gonna be like, okay, where you just don't believe. That's it. It's an error in your life where you don't believe. So for God, why do you think he gets excited? What's his job? To prove to you, to get you to trust him, to lead you now in a journey of truth so that you can rest in it. This is why he loves trials. A lot of us, we've been taught like this. A weakness comes, or I I go through a trial, my weakness has been exposed, and we don't talk about it, right? We put our front forward right? We don't talk about that. The kingdom's the opposite. To experience the greatness of God, he uses your weakness. The thing you hide, the thing that you don't want to talk about, the thing that I'm just saying, you want to experience the greatness of God. He went through my pornography addiction. It was a thing I wanted to hide. Right now, you know what he's, how he's fathering me? He's going through my anger and frustration of being married and having a two-year-old. I'm just going to be honest tonight. Is that okay? Is that okay? Cool. I'm going to be honest. So I'm going through this. So this is why he loves trials. Because they, they bring about areas of her life where, PC, she's done very good with me. I, he wants to father you. And that word sometimes is like, how many of you weren't fathered perfectly? But this is where we're learning, right? All of us, right? And so here's one I, I want to show you. I want to show Paul and I want to use Isaiah 54 to show you what it looks like to be fathered in a trial. Because every one of you have one, yes? Right? Any area where there's unbelief, any area where there's frustration, anxiety, anywhere where there's not life, that's all that is, is pressure applied to an area. You haven't been matured in love. So for God, that goes, yes. This is why James goes, you can now consider it joy. Because this is what's going on. This is what I've learned in my walk. Anytime I get hit with the enemy or something really like an anger or frustration of this, it means this. 
God is wanting to expand in my heart. That's all it is. God going, I need to get bigger here. So I'll say it again, a trial, a thing we go through, it's God saying, I get to expand. In other words, what, what Paul just said, there's lengths and widths here. So we got to have to like break this. You have this now, we need to go bigger. Now here's the part. Now I want us to go to Isaiah 54. So Isaiah 54, um, John Corson, one of the, a great Bible teacher, he calls this, this is the, um, the restoration chapter of Isaiah. In Isaiah 53, we have the, what Jesus did, you know, we were, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. But Isaiah 54 is now that you're his beloved, this is what we get to walk out. And someone's going to bless you tonight by just hearing these words. This is Isaiah 54. This is the father's voice. This is the father's voice. And his first word, what's his first word? Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with, ch- with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and all your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I want to stop right there. That's all we're going for tonight. I want to break down that first verse, sing, O barren. Now, what I love about this verse is you have to put yourself into it. Sing, O Who one of you? Anyone? I'll use Rafa. Sing, O Rafa, who wants to buy more land. Sing, oh, you who are in college debt. Sing, oh, you who get frustrated at your kids. This is me right now. Sing, oh, Abel, who is short-tempered with his wife and his son right now. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Can you hear the father? Because it's not the way we're taught, right? It's get it and then sing. You, you need to understand a principle of the kingdom that it, 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 it takes discipline and it takes work. I don't want to say it takes work. Oh, that's a terrible word. But it takes trust, which is this, giving thanks when you can't see a thing. Because here's God looking at his daughter going, and here she's going, I'm barren. I can't give what I was supposed to do. I have this life of having kids and I'm barren. And father goes, sing, oh barren. Sing, oh Abel who battled with this addiction. Sing, mind blowing, right? Why can we sing? What does he say after this? Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. And this next part, what does he do? Step one, he does what? Tells you to sing, right? Step two, then what does he say? That's when he gives the promise. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. He gives the promise. Now, I need to share a verse that has saved my life and has, has, has caused me to really grow. It's 1 Timothy 4.4. 4. I encourage you to memorize it. Can we go to 1 Timothy 4.4 4 in the New King James? Because there's, to, to me, this verse is like, in the kingdom, it's like gravity. In this world, what goes up goes down, right? In the kingdom, listen to this verse. For every creature of God is good. 
and nothing is to be refused if what? If it is received with thanksgiving. I'm going to break this down. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused with thanksgiving. What thanksgiving is, is and I'm, I'm telling you, even I, I can feel it. I can, I feel like we're, 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 we're going, we're going to see praise like never before in here, but it's going to first happen in your alone place. It's going to happen in your day-to-day trial because what Thanksgiving does is it partners with God's promise. What a signature is to a contract, Thanksgiving is going, this is who you are. And I'm, you're, I'm trusting you. I can now give thanks. In my weakness, I can give thanks. When I don't see it, but you said, I can give thanks. So what Thanksgiving is, is in a radical agreement saying, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I believe you. Does this make sense? This is, this is a principle that I've had to learn. And, and here's the thing though with this principle. It may not come with a feeling. And may not come with a feeling. Sometimes it comes later. I just have to be honest with that. Does this make sense? So what Thanksgiving is, is an agreement saying, God, you're going to do this. I'm agreeing with your plan. Think about Jesus. What did he do with the fish? He gave thanks, right? When he multiplied the fish, why do you think he gave thanks? Just to go, hey, thanks for this little two loaves. So he's saying, you're going to do something bigger. Thank you. I'm giving thanks because what I'm saying is your way is better than what, you know, the, the natural circumstance. So what Thanksgiving does, what praise actually do is it brings your agreement to a heavenly standard, to a heavenly ready for this promise. Say promise. It's a promise of God. Something God has taught me is I can always see where I'm at with God by my level of gratitude. It's a great place to just check your heart. A level of gratitude. Because it's so easy to take simple truth and go, I got it. And then we go through a trial. And a lot of us, and I've learned this, something I've done, is I'm asking for rescue because I don't trust the promise. I don't trust, ready, the fathering that he wants to do. Does that make sense? Talk to me. Wait, what do you say, what do you say? Rescue. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I love Rafa. Take the roof off rescue. Cause here's what we do. Trial. God, get me out. Where what God is saying, no, this is the perfect time where you can now trust me. Will you trust me and go through this with me? Cause there's a promise for you to get there. So for her, in Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, right? Break forth in his singing, and then he gives a promise. And verse two is kind of what I want to break down. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. This is your job. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. Now, what does that mean? I got to buy a tent, go to Walmart, buy a bigger tent. What it means is this. How you see God in you has to get bigger. In other words, the lengths, the widths, the heights in that trial, he's just saying, we can go bigger now. Will you trust me? Will you sit with me? This make sense? Now I want to tiptoe off to one other verse. Okay. This is my other verse. I have to tiptoe off. You guys keep me in check. 
because I want to look at Paul here, because Paul, he actually quotes the scripture in Galatians 4. Uh, we're not going there, no, no, we're, but, I, but I just want to say he quotes this chapter. I know, no, no, you have to look that on your own, but, but he walked this out. Go to Galatians chapter, or go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 for me. He walked this out. He knew this scripture. He was like, oh my gosh, I can fulfill this now. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nice. So right before this, Paul is praying for rescue. This is the thorn in the flesh where he's going, God, I've prayed three times out now. Right? Anyone done the rescue prayer? Right? No, it's okay. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. And what is Jesus' answer? This is Jesus saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough. Always available, regardless of the situation. Isn't that good? Ready for this? For my power, here we go. Here we go. I need you to listen to this with your heart. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively. The Passion Translation says the most powerful or the most extreme, where is it? In your weakness. So what does Paul do? Therefore, I will gladly boast. One translation says, I will give thanks. I will celebrate. I will rejoice. My weakness is exposed. I see this thing, right? This barren woman, I'm barren. I'm barren. I have nothing, but I'm going to make this choice. But God, but I have a God, but I have a father. Sometimes it's just a, I have a God and it just has one simple truth. And he says, I will boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. Is there another part of that? Hit me with it. Is there a 10? Yeah, hit it. Yeah. So I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing, ready, from God's strength. Pastor Barry used to teach this verse like this, and he talked about a preacher that was dealing with finances, and he just didn't understand. And so he came in early one morning before no one was there. He grabbed a chair, and he put a chair there, and he's, he's not feeling good. And he says, devil, sit down. You're going to watch me praise God because he's amazing and he's powerful. And he just burst forth into just radical praise, radical just agreement with God. Each one of us, has anyone ever done that? Each one of us is called to do something like that. And I believe this is what happens, at least for me, what I've done. I get a promise from God and then I wait. Where I have to bring it to a place of thanksgiving. I have to bring it to a place of praise. That is my agreement with him. Does that make sense? That is my agreement with him. This is the, I see you barren, sing. Because your thanksgiving is partnering with me. First Timothy 4.4, 4, right? Nothing can be refused. Um, God told me to write this down. Did I, did I write it down? This is for us in here. Um, Holy Spirit's going to have to remember. Oh, here we go. He said it. I love Holy Spirit. This is what he said. Just, just listen to his heart. Our lack of thanksgiving opens the doorway 
for our promise to be stolen. I'll say that again. Our lack of thanksgiving opens the door for what what Pastor um, Kathy taught, the first thing about faith. There's an enemy out there who goes around like a roaring lion, right? Looking to devour the truth, the word that he's given you. That's what he wants. Because if you can take that word from you, you know that picture of the father and son? You will complicate that. You won't go to that. We'll make actions for ourselves, right? Look at this picture. Sing, O barren. Why? Because that's where I am. That's where I am. Why can I sing? That's where I am. Thank you that I'm not alone in this. Thank you that I'm not alone. Thank you that you are bigger than this and you're being expanded. Does this make sense? So I've tried to think of like, I guess, you know, like one, two, three, four. I'm, I'm, I struggle with those, but this is what the Holy Spirit told me. If you're taking notes, step one is this, because this is how we can grow in God. Step one, acknowledge the weakness. Acknowledge it. Hear my heart though. Don't accept it, but acknowledge it. There's a big difference. Acknowledge, okay, there, I'm being attacked with barrenness, right? You get COVID. I acknowledge I'm feeling symptoms. I don't have to accept it, but I do have to acknowledge it. I think a lot of times we jump, we jump, we jump the gun with God and go, by the stripes I'm healed, by the stripes I'm healed, by the stripes I'm healed. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's not what he, that's not how he does fellowship. He, he, he enjoys you. He enjoys us. He enjoys that picture. So what was I saying? Acknowledge. Thank you. So one is acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. You're driving down 66. Someone cuts you off and you want to murder them. <laughs> acknowledge I'm angry. I'm telling you, this is every day, people. I acknowledge. Okay, I'm acknowledging it. There's something here. And then one thing I do, you don't have to do this. I've had to discipline myself. I say, Yahoo. Everyone say Yahoo. Yahoo. For me, it's been my trigger to give thanks to God because if, if I can give thanks right away, it'll link me to a conversation with that person. It'll link me. It'll put me right in his lap. Thanksgiving is just for me a big like, oh yeah. It puts me, oh yeah, God's in this situation. Because if I don't go to God, I will try to fix the situation, right? So step one is acknowledge the problem. Two is, are, are we developing thankfulness in our homes. Honestly, are we developing a culture of thanksgiving in our homes or are we whining? Are we complaining? Listen to your speech. And this is something you do as a family. This is something I, when I lived with Rafa and Jackie, they called me, what'd you guys call me? The whining, the what? The whining, the whining please? The complaining please, the complaining please. Because what complaining does is it partners with the lie. It partners with the other guy where Thanksgiving partners with, but God, but God, I, I, I acknowledge this, but there's a, but God in my situation. So this is great. This is great. I found an area where I don't believe. And now he's going to father me. So I can believe. Does this make sense? So I'm telling you, we have to, I, I really feel this in my heart right now for a lot of you. I just don't take this as a commandment, but <laughs> I'm just going to say, get radical at home with your Thanksgiving. How do I do that? 
how do I do that? I do it like this. And this is what the men have been doing in our Bible study. I go to the word. I go to the word. So I get the word out. If I have nothing to celebrate, I get to the word. And I'm going to give you the scriptures. Read Ephesians 1, read Ephesians 2. Write these down. Write Colossians 1, write Colossians 2. That's all you need. I'm telling you, those two, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Colossians 1. I'm telling you, God told me this. I was like, God, can I just say the Bible? He's like, no, give him these four chapters. So Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2. In fact, your homework, because I'm going to finish this next week, because I'm not going to finish. Is it okay? Okay, okay. (laughs) Is you're going to read Ephesians 2 with your spouse. You're going to read it with, this is homework I'm giving you. You're going to read it. You're going to read it. Or, 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 no, you're spelled, or a friend, sorry, single people. We're all saying. I just thought I was going to get married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's what I do. Here's what I do. And here's something I learned from this house. I take the word of God. And for me, I have to print it out. And this is what the men have been doing on Tuesday. I'm going to take the word of God. And I'm going to read This is what I do. I read it in the passion. I read it in the message. And then I read it in the amplified. So that's what, this is what Abel does. But I get the word of God and I read it out loud and I read it slow. And if there's any unction, any truth that just gives me a little, I highlight it. I circle it. I learned this from Pastor Bill. You know what Pastor Bill used to do? He would say, you see that scripture? Put your finger on it, press down on it. And he would make, this is what he used to do when he used to preach. And he'd make us all push down on that scripture. And I, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I would do that, oh my God, feelings would come. I can't explain. Do you remember that? Pastor Bill would be like, put your finger on it, press down on it. Because here's what happened. As I read it slow, and when something moves, what you're saying is this, I'm acknowledging you that you're speaking to me. I'm not looking to finish the chapter. I'm not looking to read all of Ephesians. I'm looking for him to catch my heart or to me catch his heart. And he does it, right? David knows he comes on Tuesdays. We can't even get through. He, I might as well print a sheet in yellow for him. Um, <laughs> But I read it aloud, I read it slowed, and then I, I highlight it. Because here's what I have to do now. So now that I have my truth, look at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and all your descendants will inherit the nations." So that enlargement, that expansion, how are we transformed in the kingdom? Say it. Renew in our mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renew in our mind. So here's what I have to do now. He just spoke. You have a choice. And Nate talked about it last week. What you focus on is what's going to expand. And because you highlight it, what you're saying is, God, you spoke to me. It might have just been one word, one verse. Now I get to go to that lap and go, what does that look like for me? I get to begin to, here's what we're going back to James. He says, consider it joy. Now I have to consider what he highlighted. So for me, we went through Ephesians 2 last week, and this is the one that we read it all out loud, and everyone had different highlights. It's the beautiful thing. This is why you have to do it because everyone's going to be different. But this is the one he highlighted for me. He raised me up with Christ, the exalted one, and I ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For Abel is now co-seated as one with Christ. 
And I, that, I said, I got to highlight that. I got to circle that. For the, they kept reading, but I was like, he got me. He got me. Here's what I learned about God. What you honor is what you encounter. Does that make sense? What you honor is what you encounter. So I just need that one word. So I took it before him. And now I begin the considering. Okay, Holy Spirit. Okay, Father. Hi, let me touch your face. I like to touch your face. How you doing? <laughs> you said I'm, I'm gloriously perfected with the authority in the heavenly realm. I'm co-seated with you. What does that look like for me? And I begin to consider. I'm just going to have to use this word. I consider it in my imagination. I consider it. Everyone say imagination. God gave it to you. He gave it to you. So I take this truth and I begin to consider it. I'll sit down and now I can have that picture. Now's my moment for that picture, right? Now's my moment. I'm in the trial. I got this thing and now I'm going to sit down. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I'll begin this process of ready for this. Ask questions. Ask questions. Everyone write that down. Ask questions. I've been doing this podcast for a long time and I'm realizing I don't ask God enough questions. I'm assuming. So ask God questions because he's going to show you. So can I show you one for me that, that God did? I, I, I want to make it applicable. So for me, it was a single able who have no house and who is living in basements. <laughs> Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Now he gave me my promise in Isaiah 60. That was my promise. So Christian and I, we violently praised in our basement together. We didn't feel like it because we didn't like the basement. Hear my heart. We got attacked because we almost did. God, get us out of here. There's my rescue. Instead of God, I have you. I didn't, I forgot the, wait, 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 but God, but God's in this basement, but God, but God, I'm in here now. Okay. Now we can be begin the dialogue. God, why are we here? You promised us this house, and now I have my promise. And for me, it was Isaiah 60. And he says, I'll give you only the best. And, and so we pondered it. We considered it. And then once again, we took it into a place of thanksgiving. We continued it. But then we had to keep asking. And sure enough, God answered us. And I said, okay, God, what house do you want? And then he said, what do you want? Now I'm in conversation. Now I'm in that picture. A lot of us just sit and it's one way. No, 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 no. It's two way, baby. That's fellowship. That's being son. It's, it's question answer. He's like, what do you want? And I said, ready for this? I want a fireplace that burns wood. That was very important for me. That burns wood. He said, that's beautiful. And he said, write it down. Now I wasn't done there. Here's the thing though. Now I said, okay, God, what does that look like? Guess what he told me? Get firewood. This is funny. I've had a pile of firewood saved in the back of the union for two years. And I'm now in that house that's massive and has that fireplace. Now look at me. Here's the thing though. And I, and I want to, uh, uh, I love what Rafa talked about. He said this, when he taught, he said, communication equals faith. Like for me, I, I think of communication, actually, it's more of a belief. But my obedience equals the substance because he invites me to do it with him. He loves to do it with us. That's called fathering. My, a son will never learn anything if the father goes, here, I'll just do it. 
Anyone ever had one of those fathers? Oh my gosh, I had one of those. My dad tried to play golf with me and he was like, just throw the ball. <laughs> I had issues coming to the kingdom. Because <laughs> a part of me was going, God, you're going to give me a house. I'll sit here. And he's going, no, we need to talk. Because I want you to trust me and I want you to begin ready thinking like how I think. Okay, God. Abel, I want you to picture this house. Okay. I see a fireplace. It has wood. Okay. Abel, go get wood. So sure enough, we, we took down one of the stages in the, in, the, in the union with Nate and Rafa. I saved all the blank pieces of wood. I put them in a big bin and I put, I think, my name on it or house in there. This is two years ago. This is two years ago. And I put it in the union. And every day, you know, every now and then, I walk by and look at it to remind myself, this is the promise. This is the why I can sing. I don't feel like singing because I'm still in this basement day after day, but I can give thanks because he's doing something. He's, what is he doing? Instead of rescuing me, he's maturing me because he wants me to experience the lengths, the widths, the heights, the, does this make sense? So we, uh, Nate talked about the fellowship. The fellowship requires you. He loves the involved. I'll say it again. He loves to do it with us. I, I can't say this enough. With Jesus and that picture that I keep showing God got his dream come true. That's you. And now he gets to father us in these trials, in these everyday lives. So this is, this is your, does this make sense? Um, I don't want to go too long because I want to finish the rest of Isaiah 54, if it's okay. She gave me a little head nod. Um, but I, but I, I, I kind of want to open this up. But honestly, here, I want to give you this homework because I'm, I'm going to ask you, the first time I come in here on Wednesday, did you read Ephesians 2? <laughs> so you're going to read Ephesians 2. You're going to read it slow. And if anything jumps, you're going to highlight it. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to take it to a place of praise. Take it to a place of thanksgiving. If you have to get alone, I, I, I just dare you. I dare you. I dare you to do what this woman is, where, where God says, sing, O barren. Cry aloud, break forth into singing, shout and cry aloud. Because what the word does, it's going to move something. And when you honor it, when you act on it, I'm telling you that, that that's the first step to, to really honoring it. Does this make sense? So that's your homework, Ephesians 2. Because um, next week we're going to talk about the why. To finish this verse, to finish the chapter, you really get to see really the heart of the Father for us but also the why. Why are we singing this? Why are we doing this? He answers this if we continue this chapter. All right, everyone put your hand on your heart. Let's get out of here. <sighs> Father, we just acknowledge <laughs> that we finally found where we belong, which is right in your arms. And that goes double for our trials. That goes double for our, our, our outbursts. Anytime our weakness is exposed, we can consider it joy because we're right where we belong, which is with you. So Holy Spirit, help us just turn, turn to the Father's face to listen, to share what's going on. Help us begin that engagement. Teach us not to lean on our own understanding first. Teach us not to accept the negative. Help us accept, acknowledge, and value your promise and your heavenly reality above everything else. Help us. Help our unbelief. 
Because God, as we said, we finally found where we belong, and that's with you. And you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now help us trust your unchanging nature. That you're the same God with us in the trial, in debt, in any trial we're going through. You're the same God and you don't lose. Holy Spirit, I just feel this. If there's any compromising on our part, show us. If there's any place where we're, we're letting the devil in just a little bit, just a little compromise of saying, you know what? You promised me a house, but I'll take a townhouse. No, 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 no. We, we want the fullness, God. So if there's any area, any promise you've given to us that we're compromising, show us. Show us, Holy Spirit. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Hope this helped.